Hello and welcome to the Agro Church Podcast. I'm Associate Pastor Taylor DeSoto. I'm Lead Pastor Dane Johansson. Today we are going to be discussing John 1.18. For a while now it's stated that the translation at John 1.18 should read one and only God or unique God. Oftentimes people will say that this reading is stronger in defending the divinity of Christ and that is why we ought to take it no matter what. So in this Agros minicast, we are going to be discussing why we think that begotten is the proper translation, as well as why monogenes eos is the correct reading above monogenes theos. So what's the issue? What, what does it make? What difference does it make? Um, I would say a huge difference. Mm. So the first problem, obviously, that we have to discuss is the textual issue. Mm. So why do some Greek texts take the Greek reading? Monogenes Theos instead of Monogenes Eos. So the reading Theos is represented in P66, Sinaiticus, B, C, and generally speaking, the few Alexandrian manuscripts we have. That's basically all that attests for that reading. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, pretty much every single manuscript we have reads Monogenes Eos. Mm-hmm. We should just end the, the cast right there. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's the end of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, your standard printed, this is the UBS-4, but the UBS-5, the NA-28, the NA-29, the NA-30, or whatever is going to happen, all read the same way, too. It's going to have monogenes theos. And so this is the printed text that, you know, most seminaries are studying everything that the modern Bible translations are made Mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. This is the UBS-4. So the the only other modern text Mm -hmm. that I know of that has adopted the reading based on the evidence... Uh, is is the Tyndale House, which yep. you know I think this is a good a good move they made here in the Tyndale House uh, text. They have O monogenes yos, so they put yep. the they they actually retained the article as well. O monogenes yeah, yos. right, right. So you you essentially have to defy all the evidence, right, in order to take monogenes theos, which is only found in a handful of manuscripts in the Prosetta, essentially. The Syriac? The Syriac. Yeah. So, most of the unseals have yos. A2, A, C3, W, Delta, Theta, and so on and so forth. Yeah, there's a whole um, list. I mean, I have a whole list of them here. You can look it up in the NA28. The NA28 apparatus has them. Every single minuscule, except for minuscule 33, has it. Most of the lectionaries have it. Ancient Latin, Syriac, Harclean, Armenian, Ethiopic, Georgian, all have yos. Or sun. The Peshetta and the Coptic have Theos, which should not be surprising at all, considering the location and the, the, the theology that was happening in those areas. Right, you're, you're teaching through church history. We know right. what's going on there. Right. Th- those areas had a lot of problems, especially regarding their, their theology proper mm-hmm. and uh, their view of, of, of Christ, specifically. Yep. So it shouldn't surprise us that the, 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 the Syriac and the Coptic copies have some issues with this verse. So the church fathers, including Hippolytus, Irenaeus, and against heresies, Origen, and against Celsus, Chrysostom, Tertullian, Jerome, Augustine, they all have Vios. Again, shut the book. Right. Case closed. We're done here. And, 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 and I think the, 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 this the cherry on top. The Nicene and Athanasian Creed. I mean, yeah, the, the top of all the manuscript evidence for the Bible and commentaries and homilies on it, where they're quoting the Bible, yeah. you have theological statements yeah. using it. The, when, when, during that period, when, when they were discussing the divinity of Christ, 
when they were discussing the very issue that people say you need to take the unique God reading to defend, what did what came out in the creedal statements? Mm. What came out in the creedal statements? That's really important. So if the theory is that Theos is the earliest reading, and it's so imperative, like imperative to defend orthodoxy using this reading, why do the earliest creedal statements include the other reading? Why do they use the other language to defend literally the, the divinity of Christ? Right. You know, if the argument's going to be used, well, why didn't they use it at Nicaea? They literally used it at Nicaea. Right. So why are we rejecting? So why are we even having this discussion? Well, there, there's, there's a good reason we're having this discussion, and it has to do with Westcott and Hort. Again, this, this comes down to this idea we cannot cater our view of the text based on what we think is easiest to defend theologically or apologetically. We can't let our apologetic feelings get in the way of our theological understanding of things. We want to know what Paul wrote. Right? We, want we want to know what, what Paul wrote. wrote. We have to defend the text that God has given not defend the text that's easiest to defend. Right. And even then, I mean, you could make a pretty dang good case for why one and only God is not even a defensible reading at all. Not in the slightest. Unique God. Unique God. That is so absurd. It's not honorable to dismantle the text in order to impress the infidel. Hmm. We have to get that out of our mind. Hmm. So... Our view of scripture should not be shaped by our apologetic experience or feelings. This is going to be a theme I think we're going to keep harping on. Yep. If somebody says you cannot defend the text without, you know, this particular view, that particular view, you should say who cares? That's the wrong foundation. We do not build our theology on what is apologetically convenient. Mm. It's just a it's just a crazy thing. Even more so the text of scripture. Right, which is supposed to be autopistos. Right. Self-authenticating. Self-authenticating. Yep. So the second, so that's the first problem. The first problem is essentially, if you look, you know, we, we have a theological method, but you know, you guys, if you're watching, you know, the critical text guys, the reason eclectics, you know, you guys are supposed to be the science guys. You guys are supposed to have the defense, the apologetic, and all of the evidence is against you on this one. And I think that's why the Tyndall House text went with the proper reading there. Right. Because you kind of have to, if you look at the evidence, give it a fair shake, you've got to go with uh, Minogenis Eos. Yep. You, ha- you have to. Yep. The second problem is why someone would consider a reading like only begotten God. Theologically speaking, it's strange. So from a translation perspective, let's, let's take a look and see like, okay, is this even a valid translation? We would say that it should be, it's properly translated begotten. Right. Right. But let's look into it. We have to look into it though, you know, prior to getting into the actual evidence or whatever you want to call it. The reason why you have to even go to task with this is because all the lexicons have unique, one and only, um, and then the, sometimes they'll have a footnote and basically say, well, this could also be translated begotten, but, you know, we're not going to do that. But this, and, and this is where you get into the why. Mm-hmm. Why, after so many years of begotten being fine, why is it suddenly only unique? Because they take the reading theos rather than yos. Right. When you take eos the only begotten son, right. that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. When you think of God being begotten... Yeah, that's a problem. Right. So they have to, if they're going to take th- uh, Theos, for whatever reason, God as the reading rather than mm. son, they have to then change only begotten to some weird form, unique. Right. And, and that's really what it comes down to. You, when, when, you're, when you're reading is, and I think the NASB even translates it, 
only begotten God. Or some so one of the older ones. One of the older here. ones does. Or some some translation does. But that's an embarrassing translation. Well twenty twenty is like gonna combine it's all gonna of combine them. all of them, but but it's it's like God the only begotten son or something like that. Yeah, it's really weird. The the point is with this particular thing is 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 the translation methodology is driven by the embarrassingness of what you have to translate it to. Right. The only begotten God, are you joking me? Mm-hmm. Who is this, the only begotten God? So now God is begotten. That so is, is this Mormon? That is so vague and dangerous. Yep. That is, that is, that is hard to defend. So in, in fact, uh, Bergon, actually when commenting on Westcott and Hort's, um, when they did this, was basically like they were ashamed of the reading. <laughs> yeah. They were ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Schaff comments on it, says that um, the reading Monogenes uh, Theos, was utilized by Gnostics like Valentinius mm. um, and Tertullian. He quotes Tertullian and demonstrates that, 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 that these, these Gnostic heretics, these early Gnostic heretics were using the prologue of John to propagate all forms of, of heresy, Christological yeah. heresy. Yeah. So when you're using Monogenes Theos, you're using a Valentinian Gnostic reading. Right. And that's, again, that's, that's embarrassing. That's, but, but when you have the evidence stacked against you and you take a few earlier quote-unquote manuscripts um, and you have to then develop the rule, right. uh, take the harder reading, Yeah, that's what Metzger goes into right yeah, there. What is Metzger, you, yeah, that, that's a brilliant... So when you have to take the harder reading, this is what happens. You pick the harder reading because it doesn't fit there. Yeah, what does Metzger say? Right, because Metzger acknowledges that uh, he says this quote uh, about... Monogenes Ios, the only begotten son, he says, that is undoubtedly easier than Monogenes Theos, only mm. or unique or only begotten God. It is doubtful that the author would have written Monogenes Theos, which may be a primitive transcriptural error in the Alexandrian tradition. So even Metzger realizes this is a difficult place, that it's, it right. doesn't make much sense that, that this is a, uh, a place that, well, it's obvious, you know, that it should be Monogenes Ios, but the evidence shows that it should be right. And, and, and so basically they, they describe it away by saying that it was an assimilation from like John three sixteen, mm-hmm. only begotten son. And they said that, well, well to kind of smooth out the text. And so in order to even come up with this framework, you have to believe in an evolving evolutionary text right? to even approach the text in this manner. And that, mm. that's a huge problem in itself. Right. But the overwhelmingly attested reading is Monogenes Eos. And, and that is the reading that was received. The majority of all of our manuscripts have it, even early on. Mm-hmm. This is not like the Pericope Adultery, where like you start to see it later on, and, it's, and it becomes more or the popular. Or... Right. This is early attested, and it stays the majority reading essentially throughout all of church history. Right. So in earlier Greek, the, the, the word monogenes suggests der- derivation rather than birth. It, it, it talks about um, that. That's the word that you would use for that particular or the translate the kind of concept, right? Right, right, right. That that's the concept that that we're getting at here, and 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 so this idea is not f- bizarre to the text, right? Right, like like someone would look at this word and would not would not think unique or only one and only, mm. right? Like, am I crazy there? Or that that's that's how you would read that word, right? So. The word can be used more generally to describe unique, but it's obvious, especially in the context of John one eighteen. 
Exactly. Yeah. With John one eighteen, it has to be right. uh, only begotten when it's talking about the Son. Right. So obviously, when that, that's this is where the translation methodologies today that you see, they have to look at monogenes and go, okay, well, we have to translate it differently because if you say only begotten God, mm. uh, well, where is he begotten from? Right. But if you say only begotten Son, that this the Son eternally generates from the Father, proceeds is eternally begotten from the Father, mm-hmm. uh, that there is not there is never a time that he was at one point begotten, he was eternally begotten, then right. he is the only begotten son. And that's what monogenes means. Even if you look in BDAG, uh, they have a section on that where they're talking about how it's mm-hmm. uh, derivation rather than birth, um, that it's a, a soul, uh, what are they say, a soul descent rather without brother right, or yeah. sister. So it's, it's one thing that came from something else. And that's more right. of a philosophical idea, obviously right, yeah. from, from earlier Greek literature and everything, but right. the way the Greek New Testament is using it here, the way John is using it, talking about the word, the logos as, mm. uh, as above mm. is now saying, okay, the logos is the yos, the son, the word is the son, right. and he is the only begotten of the father. Right. Um, the only begotten from God, the father, he's not God himself that was begotten. Right. And, and, that, and that, that's talk about the simplest solution here. Right. Majority manuscripts, early attestation, all the important church fathers, Nicene orthodoxy. Right. You've checked all your boxes here. Evidence guys. We're about, we're men of the, of the data. We're men of the science. <laughs> okay. Then you need to take the right reading here, which the Tyndall house did. Which Tyndall Haas did. They're, I mean, that, that's great. That's great. And the, so the third reason is the etymology of the actual word. And, and this data is coming from the TBS quarterly issue 613, um, published at the end of October or at the end of, of uh, 2015. So, so basically you have, you have two words here, Dane. Do you maybe want to walk us through like a little bit of the etymology here? Yeah. I mean, we have, uh, you know, the, the word, the, the first word is monos. Yeah. which we hear here is monologue one mono. Yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, that's even in English, we we've carried that Greek word over into our yeah. English language language. Um, so, so monos obviously is one mo- like monologue, which is, right, like, yeah. you know, instead of a dialogue, you're having a monologue. Monotone, it's like, if, if this monochrome, is a dialogue. Right, right. Exactly. You know, it means one. Right. And then Yanis, which is, you know, a, a part of a family or, right, yeah. or, a, or a genus or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and actually comes from, that's a noun that comes from a verb, yanao, which means I beget, I give right. birth to, I, I produce from myself. Right. That's what, that's what yanao means. Um, so the, the general, like, I guess the argument then would be like, someone would come in and say, well, yanao has two knees. And Yanis only has one knee. So, so therefore it couldn't have come from that. Because that's, right. that's what they try to do is say right. that Yanis doesn't actually come from Yanao. We're the ones saying it comes from Yanao. Right. But if it doesn't come from Yanao, uh, then it's Yanis. And it's a, it's part of a phylum or, or like you know, a class. Yeah, yeah, or a class. So that's, or, that's yeah. why it's only of its kind, right. i.e. unique. That's where they're right. getting that translation. But yeah. when you actually look at it where it yeah. does come from Yanao to beget, only begotten. Right. So mono Yanis. And and even even then, you know, uh, TBS did a really the re- I mean, really awesome work here because they basically said, okay, let's just presuppose it comes from Yenos, um, and, and 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 that's the word that they use to say it means unique, one you know, one of a kind, uh, that kind of thing. Um, you have to restrict the domain of that word to exclude a pretty big part of its of its range, right? Which would also include posterity, offspring, race, stock, kin. Um, the, 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 the concept of derivation obviously is contained within the domain of the word he knows, yep. not just uniqueness. So 
we can take a look at other multi-part words ending in the word in the the part yanish to see if those are translated as unique right that would be a good place to start yeah okay so you have uh ev yanis which hmm. is a greek word so you have ev which in, is in the front for uh evangelion which is good news or gospel so you right. have ev ev is that word for good this is where we get evangelistic right. uh evangelism that hmm. that's all comes from that greek word in the front ev and ev means good um so ev Yanis uh, would be like someone who's born of a high class, high born. Right. Um, but if you take the unique, uniquely good, uniquely high, high unique, unique high. What does that even mean? It means nothing. Right. Uh, you, you, this person is uniquely high. No, that's not what it means. It means high no. born. No. Uh, homo Yanis of the same kind or f- race or family. So Omo is from Omios, which means uh, similar. That's where yeah. we even get the Christological controversies. Homo usias or homoi usias, right? Um, using the Erasmian, that, that's just what people understand it as. Uh, of similar substance as homoi usias. So when you have homogenes, that means uh, of similar race or descendant or family, right. not unique, un- similarly unique, unique similar. That doesn't make any sense. So obviously that can't be it. And then you have born again, uh, palienes. Mm. So it comes from palin. The, the Greek particle that, that means again, palin, again, right. and then yenis. So pali yenis means born again. So yenis, born, and then again. So unique, uh, uniquely again, 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 unique. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So it has to be born again. And then pro yenis, born before, born before. So pro, the, the Greek uh, preposition pros, to be before. Yep. Uh, so pros. And then Yanis, so Proyanis, uh, progeny. Yeah. Right? So born before. And then Protoyanis, uh, firstborn. Yeah. Proto none of, the, none of this works when you plug in unique is the point we're trying to make. Right. You plug in unique to any of these, it doesn't make any sense. And, and no person translates these as unique whatever. Right. But for some reason, when we come to monogenis, yeah. we now want to translate as unique or only one of a kind God. One of a right. kind son even doesn't make any sense. Right. It's only begotten. Right. So, so you even look at the etymology of the word. So, you know, you can look at the, the evidence. You, you, you look at the etymology of the word. And it's obvious that, that there's, there's a reason that they're having to take this reading because begotten God is an untenable reading. <laughs> but even when you inspect the, the usages of this word, genis, when it has, when it's multi-part word, um, you're not getting unique as, as, as its, as its definition. And so the fourth problem, Dane, maybe you can talk about this, um, kind of the internal theological evidence for why you would never take Novianis Theos. Right, and this is kind of the crux, which anyone who's going to the Texan Can Conference will find out. And if, yeah. if you listen to uh, Pastor True Love stuff, uh, Dr. Riddle stuff, uh, this, is, this is the key to the confessional position. It's a theological. We, we believe God has preserved his word and given mm-hmm. it to us, and we believe the church receives it, mm-hmm. that just as the canon is revealed and given to the church, right. and we, we receive the canon on theological grounds, not evidential grounds, um, same too with the, so too with the text itself of Scripture, right, yeah. you know, the, the canonical argument for Scripture. So um, w- when we also are looking at translation methodology or looking at particular reading, theology has to be one of the major things. Of course, you'll get, I mean, if there's no evidence for something, right, yeah. of course that's not it, but that's not the case how God's preserved his word. We have evidence for how God's right, preserved yeah. It's given us a trail. It might not always be what certain scientists say it needs to be, right. um, but it is 
there. And ultimately what I'm saying is that there's a theological argument to be made here. So if you, if you go to, to the, the gospel of John, monogenes ios, only begotten son is used a bunch and you would never translate yep. as unique son or one and only son. That, that's a, that's a strange foreign reading. We're talking about, he is the begotten of the father yep. begotten from all eternity. Yep. Right. So th- this doesn't make any sense to then translate differently. I mean, even in the, the, the famous, famous one, John three sixteen, which is in the same gospel that we're talking about, the same book we're talking about. Uto ton cosmon osta, Ton ion aftu ton monogeni edokin. For God so loved the world or loved the world in this fashion uh, that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. Not his unique son. He gave his only begotten He doesn't have another. This isn't one son among many, and this right. is the unique one. He's right. the only begotten uh, son. Right. So that's the theology of John. So why would, hear, why would he here use in, in the prologue when he's speaking specifically about the son? He's not speaking about God. Yep. The unique God did not reveal God. Because if you look at verse 18, O monogenes ios, uh, the, the context is, Theon udis orake popote. Uh, no one has seen God at any time. Hmm. O monogenes ios, the only begotten son, O on iston kolpan tu patros, uh, who is in the bosom of the Father, ekinos exegisato. Uh, this one has revealed him. Hmm. Has made him known. So that's that's the theology behind this. It has to be just on theological grounds alone. And then you yep. have all this evidence that we just dealt with. We broke down the etymology of the word. Right. But just on theological grounds alone, it has to be only begotten son. Because even right. you, you look at the rest of Johannine literature and, and John, or first John, his first epistle, he uses this kind of language all over the place. And I'm just looking at specific instances where they use monogenes and eos together. So, um, and, and just a sampling of them. First John 4, 9 uh, the apostle John writing to the churches, uh, says this in tuto efanarothi iegapi tu theonimin. Uh, in this, the love of God is manifest unto mm. us, or has been revealed unto us, made known to us. Oti that, uh, ton ionaf tu ton monogeni apestelken otheos, uh, estini. Sorry, I got lost. Uh, en tuto estini gapi. Apestelken otheos iston cosmon. So uh, that the son of him, the only begotten, he sent into the world. Hmm. God sent into the world. God, uh, in this, the love of God is man- made manifest unto us that God sent his only begotten son into the world. Hmm. So it has to be only begotten son. It can't be unique son. But as we just demonstrated earlier and talked about earlier, when you look at John uh, one eighteen, and if you think for whatever reason, based on whatever presuppositions you have that are incorrect theological presuppositions and are actually secularistic presuppositions rather than mm. theological presuppositions, you take theos yep. as the reading and say it's only begotten God. Yep. Well, you can't have begotten God there, so you have to make it unique God, but then you have to butcher the rest of the theology of John that he's the unique son. No, he's the only right. begotten son. Right, yeah. He's not the unique son. So even on theological grounds alone, uh, monogenes ios has to be taken. Yeah. Even just from those verses that we looked at. And that's just a small sampling of, of right. Johannine theology. Right. So I, I think that, that, that the case is really closed. You know, I said we, we within two minutes of the podcast, the case was closed. I think it's really closed now. Yeah. You know, so, the, so there are a handful of problems if you translate John one eighteen that particular way, Minogenes Theos. Um, but the underlying textual issue, the translation methodology, the eth- etymology of the word, and the theological issues really 
give you a lot to chew on, right? Like, yep. even if you're a reasoned eclectic, you should take the reading monogenistate eos. Mm-hmm. On the overwhelming amount of evidence that the reading is clearly not monogenes theos, right? Just simply upon upon that, but then you throw in the etymology of the word mm-hmm. the, um, and the theology of the word. You, you're pretty much backed into a corner here. You, you're, the only reason you would still hang on to monogenes theos is because of Alexandrian priority, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, you're hanging on to Westcott, Hort, Metzger era textual criticism, which is dead and oh, da- dying and gone. Um, the, and, then, and then finally, you know, you talk about defend, you know, having it being used because of apologetic feelings. Literally, Monogenes Theos is Valentinius's reading, right? <laughs> so, so I mean, come on, you're, you're basically all the odds are against you here. Um, and I think I think that the the even if you if you are into modern translations, I think you should read that verse how it's supposed to be read. Right. The only begotten Son. Right. Even though your translation will say the one and only God or unique God or whatever it says. Right. Yeah. Right. Hope is not lost for you. Yeah, seriously. Amen. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, uh, and I think a good way to close it would be, yeah. uh, or at least helpful, would be right, yeah. um, that this reading, Monogenes Theos, belongs to the Valentinian heretics, the Gnostics. This is their reading. Yeah. Why are we holding to their reading? And we shouldn't. We should read yeah. to the Christian reading, right. the reading that God gave, the reading that God inspired and breathed out and preserved for his church, right. which is monogenesios. Yep. That's the only one that makes sense theologically, evidentially, anything. Yeah. Line it up. I mean, this is, as, as Dr. Riddle has said about the long reading of Mark, it's a slam dunk. Yeah. Slam dunk. Slam dunk. That's it. So hopefully this has been helpful. This has been the Agris Church Podcast. I'm Associate Pastor Taylor DeSoto. Lead Pastor Jane Johansson. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next time.